Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Carl Carafel, and this is Turnbuckle Talk. Oh shit, here we go again. This week I am joined alongside my former broadcast colleague, Corporate Joe, as he comes up here on screen. Joe, you wanted to be on this program so that you could talk a little bit about some stuff that is going on and some stuff that is happening with a uh, certain person within the world of professional wrestling. And yeah, by God, we are going to talk about that first <laughs> off here because we know that you are at work. But um, first off, we all want to know how you're doing, what you've been up to and how things are going. Yeah, I can't complain, man. It's been it's been very busy lately for whatever reason. You know, especially with the majority of COVID restrictions out, out there being lifted, um, right. even on public transit and whatnot, a lot of people are out shopping. So it's uh, it's made for a lot of busy days, and thankfully so, too. There were some days where things were really, really slow just because there wasn't a whole lot of traffic kind of going on. So things were busy. The days go by pretty quickly these days, so I can't complain. Um, when it does come to professional wrestling, eh, I got some stuff I can complain about. <laughs> there is always something to complain about, but I'm happy to say that the second half of this program, we're going to be talking about something really, really good that happened this past weekend. But first, we're going to get into what has been going on with uh, stuff with inside the WWE and uh, specifically a revolving around one Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So Vince McMahon is is not uh, foreign to controversy or to lawsuits or anything like that. So I'm going to give just a little bit of a uh, background super quick here. So I'm only going to give five of the issues, five of the points that have actually happened here. So first, uh, Vince McMahon remains accused of actually crafting an elaborate con to take the heavyweight championship off of Bret Hart back in 1997 with the Montreal screw job. So number one, Little bits of controversy going on right there. Number two, back in 1993, yes, we had the whole big steroid scandal. He was accused of distributing steroids like candy to WWE performers. Vince McMahon has been since 2018 accused by various critics of accepting blood money when it comes to the deal that he has made with Saudi Arabia. In 2006, an unnamed woman claimed to have been sexually assaulted by Vince McMahon. I believe that this was at a spa that had happened. And this controversy, actually, it did come back up when uh, Vince McMahon was going through to start the XFL. So that controversy came back up. And then John Oliver, television personality and host of a television show, accused Vince McMahon of screwing his employees out of health care back in 2019. Yeah. Now, back then, the WWE did actually give, I guess you could say, rebuttals to every point that John Oliver have. But, surprisingly enough, those never came into focus and were never brought out to the public. And now we're coming to today. So I'm just going to read this uh, quick little blurb that I've got here. It says, all eyes are on the WWE 
uh, board of directors investigation into misconduct allegations against Vincent Kennedy McMahon being conducted by New York based Simpson Thatcher and Barlett. Most people, and especially wrestling fans right now are focused on what this will mean for Vince McMahon's future with the company that he purchased from his father and grew from a pro wrestling territory to a global empire of entertainment. But there are other law firms that are actually looking into uh, investors who feel they've lost money because of Vince's alleged uh, paying employees that he's had sexual relationships with to keep silent. So there's now, from what I understand, five different companies that we're looking at that are uh, looking to speak to shareholders about a class action suit against the WWE, that being uh, Bragger Eagle and Squire, uh, Labatton, uh, such a row. Uh, Rosen Law Firm, Scott and Scott, and Shaw Law Firm. So, <laughs> lots of different controversies, and I'm even going to throw out there as well the controversy with XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck, as well that has just recently come to a settlement. But Joe, now that you've heard all of this, shoot your shit, man. Go for it. The other thing to remember with this too is it's not just involving Vince. These allegations, Mr. Johnny Ace, Mr. Johnny Laurinaitis, has been roped into this as well. That's right. Um, yeah, it's been. With um, Bruce Pritchard now taking over his duties and Stephanie taking over Vince's duties, which is interesting itself because Stephanie had stepped away essentially from the business to get away from all this nonsense. Now she's getting <laughs> roped back into it again. So she's probably not too pleased there. But I mean, Pritchard, Pritchard was just announced really today. We yeah. just found that out. But like, like the what really kind of bothered me was the, I mean, the allegations itself are not surprising. To be, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think that surprises right. anybody. For me, that what rubbed me the wrong way was something that we had kind of anticipated and hoped, or hoped that wouldn't happen, that Vince would, would come out on live television in character, which. We were really hoping not, but he definitely came out in the Mr. McMahon character. Right. And just a very tone deaf. So, hey, we're here for SmackDown. And it's going to be a good night and blah, blah, blah. And then this. Now, I, I think I brought this up more times than I care to remember on this on the show that uh, one thing that my mom told me when I was very, very young, that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Um, this definitely applies her a little bit, but likely – his legal counsel basically just said, don't say or really do anything. But to, to come out and still kind of be in character and being kind of lackadaisical of what's going on, not only rubbed fans, only rubbed myself, even some of the talent kind of the wrong way. There's a lot of people that are just like, just left a bad taste in our mouths. It would have been just better to literally have anybody other than Vince go See? out and, and introduce and welcome everybody to the arena. It just, it, it felt so, and this is a man who's done a lot of stupid shit over the years, a lot of tone dev stuff. Dude, this ranks right up there. And given that this, all this impending legal kind of stuff going on, that very well could be one of the last times we see Mr. Vincent Kenny McMahon in a WWE or a professional wrestling context. Um, so and you, I can't believe that I'm actually saying that. You don't know 
that Vince McMahon went out there on Raw as well then. Well, I, I know that. That's why I okay. personally okay. corrected myself probably too that, that that would be one of the last times we'd see him. Right? So not only did we see him on Friday Night SmackDown, but then we also saw him with a very uh, tone deaf, as you say, um, address to the crowd on Monday Night Raw, which if you watched it, you saw Vince McMahon as he was leaving the ring take a little jump from the stairs down to the floor, uh, like a, a step and a half down to the floor, which is now really turned into this pretty big meme that's going yep. around. So yep. not only are people, um, I don't want to say making fun of the situation, but people are very invested in the situation now, but now people are making fun of the situation of him with this leap of whatever that he did. I mean, we, we could try to go any type of conspiracy way that we want to and try to yep. say that he's, he's actually making a leap for the better or making a leap out of, or whatever we want to say. But at some point we, we got to realize that this is, this is very serious that's going yep. on here right now. The allegations and that were made are very serious as well. Oh my God! Like I don't think that's I don't think that he we I don't think he's going to be able to weasel himself out of it this time. Like um, I don't think so there's either. other things that they have escaped uh, scandal wise or anything like that. Even uh, very controversially, um, I knew. Um, but um, you know, especially with the the Jimmy Snuka uh, thing with uh, you know Vince kind of being involved in keeping him out of trouble with that. Dude, this is all just karma building up and coming to bite you in the ass. And it's a shame because like yeah. Vince was a revolutionary, uh, bringing professional wrestling to national the television, masses. right? And yeah. it's not something that we. I think I think people are misinterpreting when we have this kind of opinion and be like, "Look, we're just hating on Vince. We want to see him fail." No, we want the main profession, main wrestling promotion in the world to be successful, right? And then for other companies to feed off of that and create competition. That's what creates a healthy any kind of business, whether it be professional wrestling, whether it be anything. So you don't want to see that main company falter because then it's a trickle down effect to everything else, right? If the WWE yeah. were to essentially fold and especially in a really bad way, that will turn off a mass amount of the audience that will not only venture away from WWE, but professional wrestling in general. Right. So it will be very damaging right. to the entire industry. So we, you know, we don't want to see them fail, but you know, at the very, very least, here we're going to be looking at a massive change in ownership and uh, and people running the the, the show here. I, I I don't think it's going to be the McMahon's for too much longer. I I don't see this going his way. And yeah, right. Could I be proven wrong? Possibly. I that's happened to me several times on this program where I, I've had an opinion that has gone completely the other direction. <laughs> but right. um, I I don't think that um, Vince gets his way out of this one. Noob, I thank you so much for coming in here, my man. You are always a constant here, and I love it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. He's coming in here saying Vince McMahon has, is pretty random during his cameos right now. Yeah, you, you know what? He, he definitely has been. Noob, as we're discussing this here, uh, what is your take on this whole situation as well? Because... Uh, I, I want to hear from all of you. I want to hear all of your opinions, whether you are listening to this afterwards on any of the uh, podcasting platforms or watching this back again on YouTube uh, Turnbuckle Studios. 
I want you to go and uh, let me know what you think on this. Give me your criticisms. Give me your ups, your downs, whatever you have, even on the program itself. Because, well, shit, how am I supposed to grow and be better if you guys aren't giving me some good constructive feedback and criticisms? And let me know what I'm doing good, too. I mean, it works both ways here, people. This Vince McMahon thing is just so, so not out of left field. We knew at some point something was going to happen again because it always seems to. Joe, you were uh, looking like you had something there. Who takes over for the McMahon family coming out of this? Who who buys? Who do you, who do you real, realistically, who do you think it's going to be? I have a pretty clear one in mind. Um, or at least, you know, a couple of potentials. Um, the one that I think a lot of wrestling marks and stuff will immediately gravitate towards too will, of course, be Tony Khan with AEW or AEW by WWE. I would say you can real bank on that not being the case. Right. The simple fact is they don't want to be tied to the uh, negative stuff going on. Exactly. Um, and that in itself is a problem, right? If, if the ownership gets ousted because of a major scandal like that, how many companies are really going to be wanting to even be associated with those letters. So we can not only see a change in ownership. This company can be called something completely different in the future. Right. And I mean, that is definitely a situation that could happen. Um, I don't think that we're even going to see any of that. I think what's going to happen is that we are going to see the WWE continue the way that it is, the way that it has been, and the way that it has been going for over 50 years, as their taglines say. I think that we're just going to see that Vince McMahon, his name is not there anymore, but it's going to be McMahon that is still there, whether that's Steph or whether that is uh, Shane or who knows, maybe Linda becomes primary owner. Oh, 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 oh. That right? would be uh, something. And I mean, Shane and Steph have kind of distanced themselves from the business. Stephanie kind of being forced to temporarily take the reins, but I got to say, man, um, I don't think that's going to be a McMahon running the show there. I, I, I see um, it being owned by a big conglomerate again. Like I think that for me, the two big front runners, like when we're talking big companies, Amazon or Disney for me okay. are the, the, the two, two main ones right off the hop. Um, and then I think if we were looking at like single buyers, I'm thinking maybe like a Mark Cuban or something who has expressed interest in the professional wrestling business before and is a legitimate fan. That could be something. Um, I have even heard, yeah. even heard the possibilities of like an Elon Musk or something. I think that's a little nutty in opinion because yeah. I don't know if Elon's a wrestling fan, but you know he might just be one being for the money. Right. Um, but and then like the other aspect of this thing too, like what do NBC and, and Fox think of what's going on with this? Right? Uh, are they gonna want to be around for the future? Like, could we see the WWE end up back on like a like a Spike TV or like one of these lower uh, networks uh, there, there's so much at play here right as of right now i have not seen any type of uh publicity that's been put out there from uh you know fox or nbc or anything like that i'm sure it will happen within time we will definitely see that i think that they're taking the higher ground right now and kind of just waiting to see what happens and how things play out before making any uh, drastic or rash decisions Noob yeah. is saying here i'm definitely shocked on the whole situation because the scandal is going no, to get no. worse in the next few weeks 
And then he says, if everyone says the WWE is going to sell to Disney, everyone will go crazy about it. It's very true. And people have been going crazy about it since even the, the, the little rumblings have even started of the word Disney to purchase the WWE. Now, we don't know that this is actually going to happen, but that is Joe's speculation as to what could actually happen. I'm still in, in the mindset that I don't think that the McMahon name is going to be that quick to actually lose the McMahon name within the WWE because of the history, because of this is their family legacy. Can you put a price on a family legacy? Maybe. Maybe. Now, you had mentioned somebody's name there, you know, Mark Cuban. Um, what about somebody who has been pretty vocal on the Twitter machine as of late talking about wanting to start a company themselves? But what about a Freddie Prince Jr.? <laughs> that would be interesting given that in. he worked for them before for a short period of time. Um, right. Or like a group of celebrities. Um, you know, imagine if you could do like a championship wrestling from Hollywood, but with a lot of resources really behind it. You then you have something really cool, especially if you have a lot of Hollywood celebrities tied into it, which I mean exactly. has been a thing in professional wrestling for a long time. Yep, I mean, dude, there, there's so many possibilities here. If nothing else, though, we just we want whatever this company is going to be in the future to still be successful, because right. if this leads to like a major downfall um, in professional wrestling in general, that that is a horrible shame, and we definitely don't want to see that happen. So. Now, don't misinterpret yeah, right. what we're saying as us hoping that things fail, because that is definitely not the case. No, it definitely isn't. It's just unfortunate that this all has to surround this one person yeah. within the company, <laughs> essentially, right? And, yeah. and this is even revolving around somebody that, for years, we have been saying needs to really go away. retire yeah. and just go away. Um, it just didn't so, want it to be this way. <laughs> right? Didn't want it to be this way at all, because, I mean... The WWE or the WWF, as it was known back in the day, the World Wrestling Federation is exactly what corporate Joe and myself, Carl Carafel, grew up on. That was our in to professional wrestling. Yeah. So do we really want to see it become nothing? Do we want to see its demise it, we definitely don't. We want that this continues on because it is it is such a part of us. And if it's such a part of us, then we already know that it's going to be that much to so many other people as well that to just have it gone isn't a good thing. No. Just is not. It is not. So... We, we talked a little bit about Oliver Luck and that controversy that happens. I just want to touch on that really quickly here. So former XFL commissioner Oliver Luck and Vince McMahon have actually reached a settlement in their federal breach of contract lawsuit, uh, while the terms of the settlement right now are unknown. So Oliver Luck was actually fired for cause as XFL commissioner back in April of 2020. He then sued Vince McMahon and Alpha Entertainment, which is the uh, side company that uh, WWE or Vince McMahon had created. So that was a side company. Yeah. So he sued Alpha Entertainment and Vince McMahon for more than $23.8 million. 
So uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what actually happened, but that is where we're sitting right now. I mean, crucial to the case is whether McMahon made a legally binding agreement that Alpha would honor the five year, 35 million contract that he signed in 2018. Here nor there, they've reached a settlement. At least that is off of McMahon's plate right now for him to be able to focus on this lawsuit and allegation that's happened. So corporate Joe, I know that you got to get out of here in a few minutes. So uh, I'm going to open the floor to you. Is there anything else that you want to mention about this situation that has happened? And please give us any other information about any other projects or anything that you've been doing or will continue to do. Let us know. Floor is yours. And to just wrap up the, the Vince thing, like I said, just hopefully um, it ends in a positive way for the wrestling business. That's all I hope for. Um, it's unfortunate like, that this, this is how Vince's downfall is going to be. But, I mean, you reap what you sow at the end of the day, right? So, um, But outside of that, for, for myself, for those who do pay attention to the YouTube channel, Turbuckle Studios, notice that the magic hour has been kind of uh, on a bit of a hiatus. And the reason for that is to be in full transparency with everybody. There has been a massive um, hike in the price of the, the actual product itself due to inflation, a lot of consumer goods, whether it be um, necessities or frivolous items have increased significantly. Um, so with that being said, um, that aspect of the show is going to kind of change. Uh, we're not going to do very many of those unboxings or unpackings for a while just because it's too expensive. So what I may look into doing in the future, no guarantees, but I'm looking at a way to possibly capture gameplay of uh, MTG Arena, which is the uh, the mobile, the, the computer uh, way to play the game. It's very cool. And I'm just looking for a logistical way to kind of potentially make that happen in the near future. No guarantees, um, but I will work on something and hopefully – have some kind of content for you guys when it comes to Magic the Gathering because right now it's in a big spike in popularity and um, I've always enjoyed it myself and I'm just hoping to be able to share that with you guys. So fingers crossed I can make that happen. So hopefully soon we will be seeing some more uh, Magic Hour with Joe coming to uh, youtube.com slash user slash Carl Carafel. Take a look at the name down there. You will see how to spell it. Uh, K-A-R-K-A-R-U-F-E-L. Joe, thank you so much for copping on here. I know that this is what you wanted to come on and talk about, so I made sure that it was the very first thing, and I appreciate you, my friend. Have a good shift. And, uh, yeah, thanks again so much. We will be definitely be in touch and talking with you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Carl, and goodbye, everybody. All right, everyone, we are at 27 minutes of this broadcast already. So what we're going to do is just make sure that we hit our sponsors and get ourselves into just a little bit of a commercial break right now. First, we want to talk about RK Athletics, RK Athletics out in BC, Edmonton, or out in Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta. If you are in the area Go and check out RK Athletics. You can find them at RK Athletics One on the socials or rkathletics.ca. They are in the uh, workout 
sector of businesses. They are in personal training as well. Rich King over there is absolutely amazing, who has been a part of Love Pro Wrestling. That's right. He has been part of Love Pro Wrestling, which they actually have a show coming up as well. If you don't know, go and check Love Wrestling over on Facebook and you'll see the entire card over there. But make sure that you're checking out Rich King at RK Athletics One. Now for our other sponsors. Support for Turnbuckle Talk as heard on Love Wrestling is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world? Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LOVEWRESTLING at manscaped.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, The wrestling brand a brand founded on the aspects of wrestling two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere collar and elbow is the brand passion and love for wrestling is the drive i am al snow and this is collar and elbow the wrestling brand The official Turnbuckle Studio shop is open. Official merchandise from all the favorite shows, plus merchandise you can only find here. Stuff from Turnbuckle Studios. Carl Carafel unboxes. The Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke. Miscellaneous products that you can only find here. Beats and Beatdowns, and Turnbuckle Talk. Find all this merchandise exclusively at carlcarafel.redbubble.com. Thank you so much to everybody who stuck around after the commercial break. I had talked to hear a little bit about the Love Pro Wrestling show that is going to be happening, and I'm going to run through that card with everybody here super quick for you. So... We're going to have on Friday, June 24th at the Rec Room in South Edmonton, we're going to have the LPW Grand Championship match with uh, Michael Richard Blaze, the champion, taking on Mitch Clark. We're going to have the LPW Grand Championship on the line. We have the Challenge Championship on the line as well as Taryn from Accounting is taking on Rachel Elring. That's right, the Rachel Elring. What an amazing grab for Love Pro Wrestling. There's another big name that's going to be on this card that I'm not going to mention just yet. I am going to 
I'll save that one for the last. We're going to have Rich King and Lumberjack Larry versus Stephen Crow. The Reds versus Stephen Crow. We have Jack Pride versus Ty Jackson. We have Mars the Specialist and Kid Chocolate Mojabari taking on Barat Garani and Sheik Shabazz. We have Andy Anderson taking on Son of Irish and an in-ring return, Bobby Sharp versus the Thickness Reed Matthews. This final matchup, its I don't believe that it's the final matchup of the night, but this matchup here, Zoe Sager, oh my heart, Zoe Sager, taking on the one and only Willow Nightingale. Freaking amazing for Spencer Love with Love Pro Wrestling being able to get these, both of these amazing names. Willow Nightingale, who has been doing things and working with AEW, having matchups against uh, names like Jade Cargill, as well as Rachel Elring. Amazing stuff right there. So be sure to be following us here at twitch.tv slash lovewrestlingca. And you should be able to see this happen on Friday, June 24th, as it goes live. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So make sure that you're sticking with that so that you get to see the show just like everybody else. Speaking of great things that are happening or that have happened, we are taking a look right now at something that happened, a pay-per-view that happened. So already you know that this is not WWE that we're talking about because it's a pay-per-view, not a premium live event, that happened June 19th, 2022 from Nashville, Tennessee at the Asylum. And if that hasn't given it away for you, I will right now. Spoiler alert, we are talking Slammiversary Impact Wrestling 20 years. So for all of those haters that said TNA or NWA TNA will never last two weeks, will never last two months, will never last two years, they are now going on 20 years and I have never given up on them. I've always been a fan of everything that has happened, Impact Wrestling, whether it's NWA TNA, TNA, Impact, I don't care. It has always been fan-freaking-tastic. So this happened June 19th, 2022. I'm going to go through the pre-show and through the regular show matches and just kind of give you a quick little... uh, results of everything that happened and whether there was a stipulation to them or not. But first, before I get into that, I do want to tell you the only issue I had with this show itself is the setups. So what I'm talking about right now is let's say that we've got five, 10 people on the outside of the ring and we've got one person inside the ring who is going to Uh, run across the ring, do some flippy shit over the top rope and land on everybody. Well, what seems to be happening lately is that there is no, there's no fluidcy. I don't even know if that's a word. Fluid? It's, It's not fluid. It doesn't look natural. That's maybe a good way to say it. It doesn't look natural right now. 
So you've got all these guys that are on the outside of the ring and they all just kind of huddle together and, and you see them kind of just standing there with each other for what feels like 45 seconds. I know it's not, it's only a a few moments that they're standing there, but they're all just kind of standing there doing nothing, almost frozen in time before this big move actually happens and takes everybody out. I wish that they would be able to kind of fix that a little bit, work that a little bit more. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. It's, it, it can be done because it has been done. That's my only gripe with this pay-per-view itself. Other than that, it was great. So we had Rich Swan, the champion for the digital media championship taking on Brian Myers. And we actually had a seven minute, 10 second matchup having Rich Swan winning this matchup. We had the reverse battle royal. Nine minutes and 40 seconds here. Nine minutes and 40 seconds. So the reverse battle royal, everyone started on the outside battling to get inside the ring. So the competitors included Johnny Swinger, Chris Bay, uh, David Young, Zicky Dice, uh, Shira, uh, Raj Singh, uh Bupinder, uh Gugar, Shark Boy, Shogun, Nate Webb, Aiden Prince, Crazy Steve, Mike Jackson, Steve Macklin, Chase Stevens, and Slash, who was there with Father James Mitchell. Good to see James Mitchell again, it was. So the participants who uh, advanced into the next stage um were uh Bay, Swinger, Young, Macklin, Stevens, and Shark Boy. Uh, Gugar and uh, Shura. So at that point, an over-the-top elimination happens. So eliminations uh, all went through and happened here. And the winner, by tossing Johnny Swinger over the top rope, was Shark Boy. Or so we thought. So Swinger, well, Swinger tossed Shark Boy over the top or over the ropes thinking that he had won. But those weren't the rules. Swinger warmed up with a muscle punch. Then Shark Boy hit him with a stunner to win. Yes. So when you get down to the final two competitors, then it becomes like a one-on-one situation. So you got all these guys on the outside of the ring. After a certain amount of them make their way inside of the ring, then it becomes an over-the-top rope battle royal until you're down to the last two people at the last two people. Then it becomes a pinfall or submission matchup. So again, Swinger thinking that uh, he had won as he threw Shark Boy over, didn't actually win. Astrid coming in here saying, hey, hey girl, love you. Thank you so much for coming by. We're just uh, kind of going through here the uh, pay-per-view that was Slammiversary real real quick so to start out the entire show after that pre-show we had the ultimate x matchup which i was surprised that they did this first but i'm super happy and glad that they did now it only went nine minutes and 50 seconds which i was very surprised about so we had um we had ace austin the champion uh taking on alex zane andrew everett everett mike bailey kenny king and trey mcgill And we actually have a new X Division champion as Mike Bailey 
was the one to get up on top of the X structure up on top of the, uh, the ring and be able to grab that championship for the win. Astrid says that uh, she was able to watch some of it. I'm glad you did. You, you need to me if you can, at some point watch the entire show because it was absolutely fantastic. We had the impact knockouts world tag team championship up next. This one actually went seven minutes and 20 seconds. Not the shortest match on the card, but not the longest either. We had the influence Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood, the champions, taking on Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. And for a second time, we have new champions in Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. Astrid saying speedball, right? Like, how amazing is that? The guy has done so much great stuff for Canadian professional wrestling, now goes on to uh, Impact Wrestling and geez wins the x division championship just amazing taya valkyrie is the new belt collector yeah the very much so she is she is she is going through and just dominating the women's division right now and it's fantastic to see again another canadian making amazing waves in the world of professional wrestling outside of canada Next matchup we had was the Monsters Ball match, which is essentially just a anything-goes, hardcore-style matchup. We had Moose taking on Sammy Callahan. This match went 16 minutes, but it was 16 minutes of greatness. I enjoyed the entire thing. We had Sammy Callahan defeating Moose by pinfall, which was really cool to see. Tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. This was only a 10-minute matchup, but we had the Briscoes and the Good Brothers putting on an absolute freaking clinic when it comes to tag team wrestling. It was fantastic to see the Good Brothers becoming the new Impact World Tag Team Champions, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson defeating Mark and Jay Briscoe. What was great about this after the matchup, though, we actually had the two of them inside, or the, the two teams inside of the ring. Uh, they, they, they hit the magic killer, one, two, three. Everything was there. Afterwards, as all four members are stuck or stayed inside the ring, we heard some music and we got the infamous tag team of America's most wanted come out. James Storm and Chris Harris came out to actually celebrate the amazing tag team wrestling that has been a staple and really a showcase within Impact Wrestling since its inception 20 years ago as both James Storm and Chris Harris were at the very first episode that ever happened 20 years ago. So it was really cool to see them come out and actually have some beers with all four of those competitors while Chris Harris having some water because, as James Storm said, everybody needs a designated driver. But that was really, really cool. After that, we had... 
the Impact Originals taking on Honor No More in a 10-man tag team matchup. 10-man tag team matchup. Now, these always have a tendency to become a cluster F. You know what I mean. I I don't use that word on this show, but you know what I mean. 18 minutes and 45 seconds this went. The Impact Originals only had four members until we actually got to the matchup itself. So for honor, no, honor, no more. We had Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO and Vincent with obviously Maria Canellis out there. Then we had Alex Shelley come out, Chris Saban come out the motor city machine guns. We had Frankie Kazarian and Nick Aldis come out as well. Oh, Astrid, I'm going to spoil this for, Oh, you had hoped for, okay. Astrid saying that she had hoped for Daniels or Joe for the mystery partner. It was neither one of them. I was a little bit disappointed by this as well, but it was Davy Richards who, I mean, Davy Richards. Yeah, I watched. She says, that's good. That's good. Davy Richards. I mean, is, is not a bad choice, not a bad pick, especially for impact originals. I don't know. It was, it was okay. The matchup was okay. It didn't turn into a cluster like I had expected it to, like it normally does, and I'm thankful for that. We made history on this night as well as we had Mickey James as a special guest enforcer for the Queen of the Mountain matchup. That's right, a queen of the mountain matchup happened for the Impact Knockouts World Championship. It was absolutely fantastic. The first ever queen of the mountain match between Jordan Grace, defending champ, Tasha Steeles, Deanna Perrazzo, Chelsea Green, and Mia Yim. So this was just a good matchup. I'm not going to say that it was absolutely over the top and amazing, but it was great but it was great. Um, Astrid, I want to go back to that. You're right. She says that it made sense having uh, Eddie being on the other side. I didn't think of him. Yeah. I mean, it definitely does make sense. I mean, considering, um, considering, you know, like Eddie Edwards, uh, you know, Davey Richards, I mean, they were a tag team, right? So, I mean, it, it, it made sense. It definitely did. So, matchup that happened for the knockouts championship queen of the mountain matchup we got a new champion once again this time we had jordan grace who defeated all of those members to become the new knockouts world champion Then we had the Impact World Championship that went 18 minutes and 50 seconds, that being the longest match on the card. We had Josh Alexander, the champion, taking on Eric Young, and of course had Diener and Joe Doring ringside as well. Fantastic matchup once again. I mean, both of those guys are absolute amazing competitors inside of that ring. I have never had any issue watching either one of them and especially Josh Alexander. Yes. Being um, Canadian only puts it just a little bit 
better for me right there. So uh, we did have him retain the championship, which is absolutely fantastic. So all in all, a really good pay-per-view that happened. Very happy that it did. And if you people have not, you need to really check out Impact Wrestling because it has been doing some amazing things. I'm going to end off today on a good note of something for us Canadians. So for, for the longest time, even on this program here as well, we've been talking about and using the hashtag AEW or Canada needs AEW. Hashtag Canada needs AEW. Well, it seems as though this is going to happen. So it's not a matter of if all elite wrestling comes to Canada. It's actually a question of when. Tony Khan said on Tuesday that he's eager to start promoting live events outside of the U.S. and that Canada is a natural place to start. So the company intends on having shows in Canada or they, they, they wanted to back in 2020. Thank you, pandemic. Astrid saying excited for you guys. Thank you. I'm excited too. So I, I, I'm excited for this because I am in a smaller community. We have a smaller arena here. Now, our, I should say smaller when, it, when you compare it to like the Rogers Center. The, the old sky dome or, or stuff like that. Right. My community that I am in, we have an OHL an Ontario hockey league sized rink and arena, which would be absolutely perfect for AEW shows. So I'm really hoping that they do that. Um, Tony Khan said that Toronto was a logical place for the first show in Canada, given the city size and deep roots in professional wrestling. Yes, okay, I get that, but I hope that they start to travel across and maybe make things a little bit um, better in in smaller communities because not everybody can travel. To give you a, to give you a little bit of an understanding, for me to go to Toronto for an AEW show, that's eight hours away, minimum eight hours away. So I would have to travel all that way. Okay. Can it be done? Yeah, it definitely can be. Do I want to have to? Hell no, especially if they can come to a smaller area. Now, AEW actually has several wrestlers from the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area, like Christian, RJ City, The Bunny, Ethan Page, Sean Spears. They're all from that area. So that is really, really, really good things for Canada when it comes to AEW. Our voice has actually been heard and thankfully we are going to be getting it. Now they're saying that there are at least three other cities that he's uh that that Tony Khan is considering, Winnipeg being one of them, the home of Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Um the promoter also organizes the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament, right? So AEW promoted that, making Calgary a natural choice as well. And then Vancouver, again, these are all the big cities within Canada, the bigger cities within Canada. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is actually being billed from Vancouver, British Columbia. So um, Tony Khan says, we have a lot of great Canadian wrestlers and I'm excited about the possibility of our live events here because we've had great success on TV in Canada. So 
there we go, people. Thankfully, our voice has been heard, and we should now finally, finally be getting some AEW programming, live events happening up here in Canada. Again, it's just a matter of time as to when it's going to happen. So I'm very happy and thankful for that. I'm very happy and thankful that all of you tuned in today as well as listen to this back on any podcatcher that you have available as well as watch this back once again over on the YouTube page, Turnbuckle Studios, which you can find at youtube.com slash user slash Carl Carafel. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Turnbuckle Talk. And remember, everybody, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other.